Alright there ladies and gents, welcome to episode 70 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. It's another special episode that shouldn't really exist, but I'm jumping on that bitchin' Spidey bandwagon and it's going to be like Stace and Sam's spectacular Spidey special and other things that begin with S or something more catchy. So <laughs> joining me in the parlour today for this special is uh, my friend and parlour regular and Spidey superfan, it's Sam Harrison. Claps and that. I'm also here. <laughs> Hello, Sam. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Good. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm 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 less sweaty than I was for podcasting a half shell the other day, but I'm more sweaty than I regularly am. So you know, I'm still not quite comfortable. You know this because I had to cancel recording with you last night. But I've been having some like IBS related, lady pain related issues the past few days that have made my life you know i'm just sort of constantly on edge about needing a shit ah. <laughs> <laughs> i was just so, up with butt trouble <laughs> yeah i've been having i've been having butt trouble and you know so it's been it's been a really sweat inducing couple of days really if nothing else but uh that's somewhat irrelevant <laughs> <laughs> i love how i always end up talking about poos or farts like no matter what i'm talking about but I don't want to talk about poos or farts because Sam, Sam, Spidey, yeah. Spidey. So we both went to see Spider-Man Homecoming. You've seen it twice and I'm jealous. How yes. did you feel? So just to preface this, should we do like a 20, 30 minute spoiler free segment? where No. We, so people who haven't seen it can still listen in a bit. Um, no, because I feel like I might accidentally drop a spoiler anyway. So let's just preface this by saying we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Like everything, every teeny weeny, everything, spoilers everywhere. And if you are listening and you haven't seen it, don't listen to this because this is probably the only Marvel movie that you can be spoiled on because there's a great twist in it. Yes. Even that's a spoiler. Yeah, I'm shut sorry. up, Sam. <laughs> you know, why are you listening to this? <laughs> to be fair, I would like to think that, that people have would be saving this episode for when they've seen it. Because regardless of yeah. whether you care that much about spoilers or not, why would you want to hear all of the movie before paying good money to see a movie? It's weird. It's weird, guys. So just back away. Take a step away from your podcast. Go and see this movie because it's fucking amazing. And then come back. And be like, oh, listen to this spoilery talk. Just wash over you like a, I don't know, sexy bath. Spoilery wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's better than a sexy bath. <laughs> um, so, you know how we're really good at tangents? Yeah. Are you going on one immediately? Excellent. Immediately. So, uh, you know how you were like, oh, why would you want to know everything about the thing? Well... When I was 15, I was a huge fan of Buffy and Angel, like all cool kids are. Yeah. And I especially loved Angel, but it wasn't shown on British TV. So what I would do is there was a website where a guy would painstakingly write out every minute-by-minute happening of the episode, and I would just go and read it the day after it aired in the US. And then, like, two years later, when it finally came to Channel 4, I could watch it and be like, I knew that would happen. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it wasn't a great time. That's what living life before the internet was. I mean, obviously, there was the internet, because I was using the internet to read the spoilers. But, like, millennials and young kids, think about that. Think about having to read something because the TV show you wanted wasn't on Netflix the next day. Netflix didn't even exist. Oh, I imagine a world without Netflix. Mm. 
It's been pretty easy, actually. I'm not that keen on Netflix, but <laughs> anyway. Oh, I, I feel like it's um, full of a lot of nonsense. Anyway, this has become a real tangent. So, Sam, Spider-Man, what did you think? Yeah, so I, now I've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot more confident in saying that it is probably my favourite Marvel movie. Like, straight to the top to number one. Yep, mine too. From the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, I'm... I I wouldn't say an apologist, because all of those movies are at least good. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm the person who goes to see Thor 2 and comes out raving about how much fun it was. So, you know, take my opinion with a pinch of salt. But don't, because it's the best movie ever, and it's really good. (laughs) I wouldn't go as far as to say it's the best movie ever, because I don't think it's my favourite movie this year but it definitely went straight to the top of my Marvel movies list. Can I, a di- random question, what was your top Marvel movie before you saw Homecoming? It was Civil War, I think, but then number two was Ant-Man. Right. Like, those two are my, those two kind of swap back and forth as to my favourites. Okay, because Ant-Man was my top, and after we came out of the cinema and I rated this, I went straight into Letterboxd, because I was like, oh, I've got to put this in my rankings, it's so good. Rich was like, it's bumped Ant-Man off the top. What about Paul Rudd? And I was like, do you know what? He's still dreamy, but it's no it's no homecoming, though, is it? <laughs> yeah. So I th- good. I think the, the reason that it's bumped Ant-Man off the top for me is because it's, whilst not the funniest, because Ant-Man's still the funniest mm-hmm. Marvel movie, I would say that Homecoming is the first one to really break the formula. Like, the formula was kind of broken in Ant-Man, like the Marvel movie X plus Y equals bad supervillain, mm-hmm. but like uh, Homecoming really breaks that mold. Um, it's for me, uh, it's it's a different beast, and I think a lot of that has. I, I feel like they took some inspiration from some of the Netflix shows when they made it more grounded. Yeah, because that's that's what it is, isn't it? Like it's a much more grounded movie. Like it takes place in like two cities. And even that feels like a stretch. I um one of the reasons I think I said this when I was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and I was saying one of the things that I really liked about that movie was that this was a story more about family than it was about a big world-ending event. And I think that's why I liked Spider-Man so much as well, because it seems like very much a story about Spider-Man and Queens, <laughs> and it wasn't like a big oh god, giant aliens have appeared and they're all and everything's falling over and everyone's gonna die. And it was just like a like a cool Spidey versus Vulture situation. Yeah, and like I I think that we can all pretty much safely say that the Vulture is the best villain in a Marvel movie. Oh god, absolutely. I mean, I like, I, and it like, drives me nuts how much everybody goes on about Loki when I'm like, do you know what? Tom Hiddleston yeah. is a handsome, handsome man, and, and his yeah. his voice does make me go super weak at the knees. But Loki is basically just a guy who's like, I don't know, I felt like doing some stuff. <laughs> Whereas, like, the Vulture has very, very good reasons for becoming yeah. a douche. The Vulture has very backstory and motives. Like, yeah. the closest that Marvel's come to that before has been Zemo in Civil War, yeah. who, I, who was previously my top villain. And I think another reason why Civil War was my number one was just because how how good Zemo was mm. in terms of like how he fit into the plot and how he kind of stepped in but also stepped away when he wasn't needed, which yeah. is really cool, I thought. Yeah, um, I still hate Civil War, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, try, I, 
watched it yesterday. It was on the telly yesterday, and I got halfway into the movie, and I was like, Rich, when does this get good? And then Spider-Man appeared, and I was like, yeah, and then he went again. I was like, Whoa. And then they made the joke about Tony Stank, and I laughed, and that was... <laughs> I love that joke. That is a really good joke. It is a really good joke. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um... so I'm like... John Cheadle's like, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Got a table reservation for Mr. Stank? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the one good thing about so, that movie. <laughs> so so I, I kind of want to go through the movie in a semi-chronological order. Okay, but go for it. I also kind of want to get to the best bit first. <laughs> Which bit do you consider to be the best bit? The bit when Michael Keaton opens the door. Okay, that's not the bit I consider to be the best bit. It's a very oh, good bit. That's my favourite bit. My favourite bit was the bit under the bit. rubble. Oh, that's really good, and it's like classic Spider-Man. And, yeah. But like, and you know, as a huge Spider-Man fan, that is that was a really good moment. Mm-hmm. But like that, mo- like the only twist I didn't see coming in a Marvel movie. Like, even if you could say that there were twists in Marvel movies before, like most of them were spoon-fed. Like. That one was completely out of nowhere. Mm. And oh, so the, both times when I went to see it at the cinema, the whole audience started talking for like two seconds. Like as soon as he opened the door, like Fiona, my fiance, she looked at me and went, oh my God, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> like, like literally see, the whole, yeah, everyone. Oh, sorry, Carol. No, I, d- I just, I feel like you're going to slap me now for saying this. But, like, I, the twist was, was great. I wasn't expecting him to answer the door at all. But yep. I didn't like that move, mostly because I feel like we've done the whole, I mean, see, I get why they did it in the sense of, A, it's a badass twist. B, it leads to that fucking absolutely boss bit just outside the dance where Michael Keaton's like, fucking sort your life out, mate, or I'll kill you. <laughs> yep. he is terrifying in that car when and he it... turns around to have the dad talk and pulls a gun from the glove compartment <laughs> yeah it's and he doesn't even like blink about it either he doesn't look slightly uncomfortable he's just like no i'm I'm good at intimidating and i'll fucking do this right now he's like oh shit dog and it also gets rid of liz at the end to make way for mj but the reason i wasn't it, this is the only thing I didn't particularly like about this movie because I feel like we've already gone down the road of s- somebody at the school's dad being a thing, like or Peter's best friend's dad being a, a villain thing. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I needed that again. Like, you can't know everyone in the supervillain mm. <laughs> community. But that being said, it was such a minor, like... I can't, I can't even demonstrate to you how small of a niggle it was. It was just like, oh, it's a bit weird. And then I just moved on with my life because the rest of the movie was so boss. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it didn't it didn't ring untrue for me, I've got to say. And I think part of the reason was because I was expecting one of the kids at the school to be his child because mm-hmm. he references having a kid so early in the movie. But I thought it was going to be like Flash or one of the other characters. I didn't see it being Liz at all because obviously... Liz, you're assuming her surname is Alan, that she's the classic Liz Allen Spider-Man, like the classic 60s Spider-Man character, Liz mm. Allen, who went to school with Peter and who he had a crush on. So it was great when they pulled it out and were like, oh no, actually she's Liz Toombs and she's the Vulture's kid. I am. Um, they did something How do you? MJ, yeah, how did you feel about the kids in this? Because one of the issues I've seen levied at the movie, like in reviews and stuff that I've read online, is a lot of people didn't like the changes they made to the kids. Like, um, 
Flash being a bit of a nerd himself. But I, I don't know about you, but I quite liked that because I've always hated Flash Thompson. He's so completely one-dimensional. He's like a fucking yep. bag of insults in a jock suit. And then they yep. just completely mysteriously become friends at some point for no real reason. It's really weird and forced. And this Flash had the most screen time of all of them and had loads of really good jokes. Yeah, I liked him a lot, actually. Cause he's And the thing is, you can totally see why he would dislike Peter, because Peter does keep letting them down and, like, dropping them in stuff like all the fuck... I mean, they don't know that it's for a legitimate Spider-Man-related reason, so they're just annoyed that he's super flaky. But it makes perfect sense, because I hate in the comics when Flash is just like, oh, me dumb, Peter smart, must bully, and you're like, well, come on now. So the school, I'm dropping some knowledge now. Go on. The school, which is called the Midtown, the Midtown Manhattan, Manhattan Midtown Magnet School, mm. is based on a real uh, high school in the Bronx called Bronx Science School or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the top high school in the US and they only accept the cleverest of the clever people. Yeah. So Flash couldn't really be a jock in that school because there wouldn't be any. Yeah. Well, this is the other thing. Is it like they very clearly stated that this was a school for super smarty, like right from yeah. the offset. So I de- like, yeah, he couldn't have existed in that school at all in, in the sense that he does in the comics. I heard a thing, but I don't know how true it is, about Tom Holland like shadowing a kid at the Bronx Science School for like several days before the movie so that he That's... had at least some knowledge of what he was on it's about. It's totally a true, real thing, because I read an article about it and had an interview with a kid in it, and he was like, every now and then I see posters of Tom and I'm like, that's weird, because we hung out for that week one time, and he's just a cool guy. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't see him as a celebrity. Yeah, he does seem like a really cool dude, to be fair. Like, I yeah. that, that sounds really pathetic of me to say, because I'm, like, 11 years older than him. It seems weird. Like, oh, he seems cool, I'd hang out with him. No. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. When uh, when we watch the movie, like there's the scene where he takes his shirt off, like right early at the beginning, <laughs> and my other half like elbowed me and went, "Whoa!" I was like, "He's 21." <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I um I didn't know how old he was at the start of the movie, and there were quite a few people that I heard around us in the cinema going like, "Hmm, hello!" Like whenever he took his like, top off, and all I was thinking was, like, "What if yeah. he's yeah, like what if he is actually like 15 or 16?" That's so creepy. Like, bleh. I mean, it's not that much better that he's 21, but at least. You know. Well, like, he would have been, like, 1920 when they filmed the movie. Mm-hmm. And then for Civil War, he was, like, 17, I think? 17, 18? Like, I think he was just 18 when he got the part in Civil War. Because he could be... He, he was allowed to be an adult actor. So mm-hmm. he didn't have to go through all the same, like, kid actor rules. Like, they can't act for more than so many hours or whatever. Yeah. But... Oh uh, yeah, so I loved all the kids. I thought they were great. Me too. It's I, I I mean I'll put it out there now that it's the first Spider-Man movie which exploits the biggest thing in Spider-Man, which is how good like having a great supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Like Aunt May was more than like a, a doddery old lady footnote, and like his like his best friend wasn't just a hobgoblin in waiting, mm-hmm. and like the, uh, he had like interests and a life and. All this stuff that was great. I liked it a lot. I liked <laughs> Me the too. I, um, I, di- I said to... I was talking to Rich after we saw the film, and I said the thing I really liked about this is that it's the first movie I've seen anyway where you actually get to see Spidey being Peter Parker properly and Spidey properly. Like, he's not just immediately facing the Green Goblin. Like, he's 
he's still learning stuff and he's doing adorable things like saving cats in exploding bodegas. Like that's yeah. so cute and so Queens. And I love the fact that uh, one of the things I really loved about this film was the fact that they kept showing you him messing up because so many other movies like Iron Man really annoyed me uh, when I first saw it because he seemed to like build a suit and then he was just like immediately knew exactly. He had a little foible with flying it the first time, and then all of a sudden he was just an absolute fucking badass at doing everything yeah. in it. And I was like, that's not how that shit works. Whereas, like, there's a fantastic bit in this movie where Spidey sort of runs out into the open and like <laughs> flings his webs out, and then it, it attaches to nothing because he's in a very open area, and he's like, oh. God damn it. And he has to do a little run across the park. <laughs> which I was yeah. crying at that because I was like, that is so perfect. Like, because it always, it always annoyed me in the other Spider Man movies when he's swinging around. I'm like, what are you holding on to? <laughs> like, where are you going? So I liked that a lot. Can we talk about the, um, the suit? <laughs> yes, let's talk about it. I don't like the black okay. lines, weird stuff on the blue, but everything else is perfect. It's I still like that. I really like I'm the not suit. Sure about the, um, I'm not sure about the web shooters on the outside, but. It works with the suit. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Rich was laughing at me yesterday because I was trying to work out the logistics of like if you have to press it with your two middle fingers in the middle of your palm. I'm gesturing now, and you guys can't see. Like, what's the difference yeah. between doing that and just forming a fist to punch a dude in the face? Wouldn't that automatically squirt a webby web as well? Like, because you. So he's, he's, <laughs> the button for the web shooter is further back. It's right at the back of his palm, so it's a conscious gesture that you have to make. Right there, you go. I'm, I'm doing, as good as I'm doing it, I'm doing, and nobody can see. I'm just here doing the, the famous spidey motion. No, I had Because when you make a fist, you curl up your fingers, don't you? Whereas if you keep them straight, that's fling. true. The thing is, I don't know if it's just my stupid fingers, but I can't pull my. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing about the suit that I was a bit not knocked by, it just niggled me a tiny, tiny bit, is that I didn't. <laughs> okay. Really spoiling it here. There's a bit in the movie where they sort of hack into the suit and they realise that he has not been able to access like a lot of the features of the suit because Tony's been keeping yep. uh, that. What was it called? Like the baby monitor protocol Training or something. Wheels. Training wheels. Oh, it's so adorable. And so they sort of hack it so that he can like do all sorts of stuff. And um, as much as I really enjoyed him trying to learn how to do all the stuff, that I d it really bothered me that he didn't invent a lot of the stuff because I feel like. Mm. Peter should be inventing a lot of things for his suit other than just the web fluid. But that was just a minor, like, passing thought in my head. Don't like the fact that the suit has an insta-kill mode. <laughs> That's yeah, frightening. That Why would Tony put that in there? <laughs> like, like, what did was... you notice as well that the eyes turn into the um, superior Spider-Man eyes? I did. For, like, two seconds. I did. That was very cool. That, that Yeah, I was quite excited by that. And I really liked his homemade suit that looked a bit Scarlet Spider-ish. Uh, you know, when he yep. gets his fancy suit taken off him. I was like, oh, yep. that's, that's so cute. It looked hot, though, because it's a hoodie and that. looked looked warm. Yep. But... <laughs> yeah, very warm. But, you know, New York gets cold in winter. Well, I've never been. I don't know. I don't know. Well, apparently, uh, it's cold in winter. And then in summer, it's hot as a hairdryer in your face. That's what Bono says in oh, the that... U2 song, New York. Seems like I would actually die. <laughs> Yeah. I'm literally sweating right now and it's something like 17 degrees so <laughs> I just can't cope <laughs> but yeah so my, my thoughts on the suit yes I agree with you that I don't I'm I'm over the gadgets very much like I think that they were cool like the spider drone is really cool mm -hmm. the web wings are really cool and a great way to incorporate the classic design yeah the AI in the suit I could kind of do without and all the like extra special gizmos and whatever 
Like, I, basically, all I want is drone regular web sling, web, web slinging, and the um, the shutters on the eyes that open and close them for like expressiveness, which is a genuinely a great idea. Whoever came up with that in some movie production meeting should be given the biggest of raises. <laughs> I really like the suit, and a lot of people were down on it when it first uh, like debuted. They're like, "Oh, it's too modern and whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, but like, it kind of looks like what Tony Stark and a fifteen-year-old kid would design. Like, it looks like a Nike Spider-Man suit." Yeah, I mean, people sort of rag on it for being modern, but it is modern. It's not set in like the sixties or something. Like, it's set in the now. So, yeah. so you know you can't. I don't think you can really levy that uh, as a complaint at it. I really like the like, design. I think it's really nice. Yeah, and it's the first Spider-Man suit that's fabric, not plastic. Yes. Like the Amazing Spider-Man suits and the Sam Raimi Spider-Man suits that look like timber and nipple armor. Yeah. Like I love that he can move in it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. one of the, I always get concerned, particularly about Iron Man. Uh, about costume. So I feel like, I know Iron Man's secure in there, but I feel like it doesn't look comfy in there. And like, if he gets thrown, like when I was watching Civil War and that fight at the end with Bucky and Cap, and I, I was like, yeah. oh, that he's got to be like fucking mangled inside that thing. Like, like that doesn't look comfortable or practical or handy in a fight, like at all. Whereas Spider-Man's suit was so fluid. absolutely destroy him. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I still get on unnecessarily cross about Cap shoving his shield into his chest piece because he could legit have killed him, you prick. <laughs> I get really cross because I really like Cap, but I hated him in that movie. Um, <laughs> but the Spider-Man suit was great because he actually like looked like he could move around in it and it was very fluid. And Because he, I'm sure I read somewhere that he used to be like on the West End or something he was, and so he's uh, got like a Billy dancer's Elliot background the Billy Elliot stage play yeah he's very um he's got the right sort of uh what word am I looking build. for build and build. also like yeah like because he's kind of like he's skinny but he's like a sort of like an acrobat kind of skinny Athletic. and he moved really well in it and I was really happy with that because like one of the other problems I had with the previous Spidey movies was that the suit they didn't move very fluidly in it, and also a lot of the time it looked fake, even when it mm. wasn't CGI bits. Like a lot of the time, it was just like a lot of them were just like so shiny and shitty. Whereas this one looks like a real suit made for real people. The only thing that disturbed it looks like me a bit, someone would wear. Yeah, the only thing that disturbed me a bit was the fact that he seems to only have the one. Like when, like when Stark takes it off him, and he's like, "Oh shit, I've got to go back to my old like hoodie and sweats." And I was thinking, "Oh, how rank was that with a suit?" <laughs> It's Tony Stark. It's self-washes. Come on. All right, I'll have that. Because I can't have me a stinky Spider-Man. I'm not having it. <laughs> I can't have him running around just honking a VO. Like, ugh. no, it's not happening. There is a bit in the movie where he comes home and May's like, you stink. It's quite funny. <laughs> you smell like garbage. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so you said you wanted to go chronological style and then I just started talking about the suit. So <laughs> do you want to go for it? Yeah. Okay, so I think the first thing of note, there's like a little montage of what Peter's average day is like. Um, oh no, in fact, the way it starts is with his video blog oh my of God. Civil War. Yeah, I love that so and much. And that's so funny. It's so cute. A Happy Hogan needs to be in every Spider-Man <laughs> movie. Like, their interaction and relationship is really funny. It's so good. <laughs> like, when he comes in, it's like, the walls are really thin in here. Oh, they're so cute together. They are. They're great. 
I genuinely, I thought John Favreau was a better part of the movie than Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Do you know? Like, me too. I not, kept getting distracted by Downey Jr.'s overuse of eyeliner. Like whoever's doing that makeup, quit it. <laughs> Just quit it. It's really distracting. I was like, how many different colours of sunglasses can you put on him? Just regular <laughs> sunglasses are fine. Like no one's like, hmm, the world isn't blue enough today. Like, I I think that is solely because he's supposed to have a black eye from Civil War, isn't he? But they they mm. obviously continuity wise couldn't be bothered, so they just kept putting him in loads of different pairs of coloured sunglasses. <laughs> like that's fine, I'll do. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> he's got a black eye in this in the limo scene, doesn't he? In the beginning, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he makes a joke about how hot his aunt May is. <laughs> that's so creepy. She's though. It but... is creepy. But she's the hottest woman in that movie, like, by a country mile. <laughs> she is, she like, There's, like, supermodel teenagers that are paid to be hot, and Marissa Tomei just slams them off the page with, like, cool <laughs> circular glasses and high-waisted trousers. <laughs> I, did, I did like her Aunt May quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah, big fan. It's nice to have an Aunt May who's, like... I mean, the actress is over 50. She's like 52 or something. Yeah, something like that. Which is insane, because she looks like she's younger than me. It's very upsetting. (laughs) Yeah, I was Um, getting a bit stressed about that while I was watching. (laughs) I was like, ah, you put me to shame, you go. I I was like, oh, she's probably in like her 40s, so it's not a great casting, her being the answer to a 21-year-old, but it's not unrealistic. And then like, I looked her up and I was like, 52? (laughs) But she's three years younger than my mother. And like... My mum does not look like that. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. <laughs> I'd, I'd be very, very surprised. She's certainly not in the room with me while we record this. Okay. It's just me me and my soft toy version of The Rock. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to ask about that. <laughs> he makes sounds, it's great. Oh dear, go on. There you go. Oh, Sam, you're one of the coolest people I know. <clears throat> <laughs> Say once more with feeling. <laughs> so, how about that um, Tony Stark guy? What about him? <laughs> so, I was really, really glad with how sparingly they used him. Me like, too, because he was all over glad. the trailers. He like, yeah, and then he has like what, fifteen, twenty minutes of screen time. Yeah, that. Post. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Because um, I. I do like Robert Downey Jr. a lot, and um, I'm very team team Stark all the way. But I did feel a bit like they could that you, from the trailers. I was a bit concerned that it was going to be like Iron Man featuring Spider Man, and I was like, no, this is a Spider Man movie. Stop it! And luckily, he's yeah not in it anywhere near as much as the trailers alluded to, which is very good. And even when he's there, sometimes he's not even there. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. Uh... I really liked how sparingly they used him because I thought that they weren't going to at all. Mm. Um, I thought that it was going to be the, the he was going to be like his mentor, and there was going to be training and montages and all that sort of stuff. But it was yeah. very like Peter very much figured everything out on his own, which is very mm. Spider Man. Uh, I also liked the reveal when it turned out that he'd come in person to the ferry. Like yeah. that was really cool. He's like, if you can, you come here yourself. And he just drops out of the Iron Man suit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's pretty right. badass. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty badass. Um, Downey Jr.'s, Downey Jr., you know, plays a good Tony Stark. He gets paid all that. He gets paid mega bucks for like 20 seconds of screen time. Oh. And like 10 hours in a booth. Like, 
he's got he's got the life he's got the job that he, he he's looking for i think that if they transition him into like a mentor style role you'll see a lot lot more of robert downey jr and tony stark will never go away because <laughs> he's like he's the timer on the marvel cinematic universe having to recast characters like him mm. and chris evans are the two that kind of want out but are also still staying in for the short term uh, i i fully expect Captain America to be killed off in one of the Infinity War movies. Oh, really? There's, oh, um... yeah. I think it's going to be Captain America. I think Infinity War 1, Captain America will die, and Infinity War 2 will be called, like, the death of Captain America or something like that. See, I that would be fucking bold, and I think I would quite like that. There's a, a bit of a rumour sort of online theory thing going about on the internet about the about Spider-Man doing a dead because of Donald Glover's character in Homecoming. Oh, yeah. So this is a pretty big, hefty spoiler. Donald Glover's not in this movie anywhere near as much as I would have liked, but, you know, I, th- I, be- I personally believe everything could do with more Donald Glover. <laughs> I, I actually was going to say I thought about that for every movie, like that Donald Glover isn't in it as much as I would like. I th- yeah, because I absolutely love him. Like, I think he's really fantastic. And when his name he got revealed... He was great revealed, in this movie. He absolutely was. And when his, when the character's name got revealed and it's like Miles Morales' uncle, everybody on the internet's like, you know what that means? That means Peter Parker's going to die and then Miles Morales is going to com- become Spider-Man. And I was like, oh, shit, I hope that's not what happens because I really like Tom Holland. He's such a good Peter Parker. And I don't want that so to happen I've... at all. My theory, and which is what I think they would be the most sensible to do, Mm-hmm. is they transition Peter Parker into an Avengers character wholly owned by Marvel. Yeah. And he is, like, he becomes similar to what he is in the comics now, where he's, like, successful and great at being Spider-Man and awesome. And then they transition the Spider-Man role to Miles Morales. I would prefer that also. And he, yeah, and he plays the same role that Tony Stark played in Homecoming for Miles mm-hmm. Morales. Yes. Although we're getting a Miles Morales animated movie directed by Lord and Miller, like, next year. It's not got anything to do with Marvel, but Sony are making it. And from memory, Donald Glover is playing Miles Morales? Oh. No, no, he's not, he's not. He played him in Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Ah, there you go. But they are, they are, they have got somebody, they've got someone that's, like, age-appropriate, I think, to play Miles for the Mm. cartoon movie. But yeah, they're doing a full cartoon Ultimate Spider-Man movie, which I'm assuming won't have Ganky as a character in it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm assuming not, because that's essentially Ned from this, isn't it? Yeah. I love Ned. Do you know what? Previously to the movie, I was like, "Mm, couldn't they have just called him Ganky? Or like, couldn't they have made, like, couldn't they have put in a different character to be his best friend? But like... The dynamic of him and Peter works so well. Oh. And the actors are clearly, like, friends in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, They're so adorable. They are adorable. The scene that got me the most was when he first realises that Peter's Spidey, because there's this, like, really dramatic, tense moment where he's crawling along his own bedroom ceiling trying to shut his door yeah. so his aunt can't see. And then he drops it off the ceiling and he's like, oh, phew, thank God for that. A turns around and he's, Ned's just sitting on his bed like, what? I was like, yes. Yeah. Smashes his entire Death Star, which made me really sad. <laughs> just yeah, Lego Death Star goes, bits everywhere. You're the Spider-Man from YouTube. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And he's like, but you're on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you even try and deny it? You were literally on the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And 
he says it as he's taking the super suit off. Like he's like, no, no, I'm not. Just takes the suit off and like, that's not. That doesn't help. That doesn't change anything. Now you see your underpants. <laughs> yeah. You literally just closed your door with webbing. Like, what do you? How are you even trying to pretend? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love their little, uh, their groovy little best friend handshake as well. Even though, yeah. like, I always cringe when things like that happen because I'm like, nobody does that in real life. But it's still really cute. It was cute when they did it without looking. Like, neither of them are looking at what their hands are doing, and they both are perfectly in sync doing it. And you're like, oh, no. well, that's how they became friends in real life. Clearly. Oh, they're so sweet. But yeah, that's um, great. The I, fact that everyone thinks Aunt May is hot, including Ned, was very, very funny. <laughs> I loved his whole guy in the chair thing as well. Because um, yeah. I've seen a really stupid person on the internet try to claim that, like, oh, it makes no sense. You know, that kid you know, just starts whizzing around computers and doing all this stuff like he's a fucking whiz. And I'm like, well, he is a whiz. He goes to a science whiz school. What do you want? <laughs> like, of yep. course he's going to be good at that sort of thing. I think my favourite uh, Ned moment, though, is when he's just wearing the suit and he's going badass at his little <laughs> hologram thing. Because he's just got, he's got his mask on for, like, no real reason. Yeah. But it's adorable. It's so cute. Yeah. I want to adopt them both. <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> Well, Tom Holland's 21, so, yeah. So, no. I mean, oh, yes, dear. legally, I don't see what you can't adopt him. Uh, he might have problems with that, I think. Let, let's talk about the true, real Beth Ned moment, which mm. is when he's in the backseat of the car on the way to the party, and May turns around to him and goes, Ned, some hats wear men, but you wear that hat. <laughs> and he's like, thanks, it makes me feel confident. And then like, yeah. ten minutes later in the movie, he calls Peter and he's like, Peter, Peter, come on back to the party. The hat is not working. This sucks. <laughs> the hat wasn't working. I was so sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless you. Did you notice also that later in the movie at the homecoming dance, he basically dresses like Indiana Jones when he's working in the college <laughs> and he's got the hat on again. And I was like, you go, Ned. I love him so much. I really love him. He has three different hats in that movie, and they're all <laughs> terrible, but they're all so bad, they're good. Like, oh, that's great. I kind of love a bad hat, so... Shoot, let's ring in real quick okay. some questions we had from the audience. From so, the audience? <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll pull this one in now, because I feel it's stylistically relevant. Okay, go but, on. So we've got a question from Phil, who says, why couldn't Ned just be ganky? <laughs> And I feel like I am kind of in agreement, but also Ganky's a Miles character, you know? If they wanted to they wanted to ape that character, and I think that they maybe went too far. Mm. I mean, like, it, on a very real top frame, if Ned wasn't Asian, nobody would have been like, it's Ganky. It's That's true. purely because the actor they cast was Asian and mm. a chubby guy. So what I... I would kind of expect that we're going to see the, a similar character again if we ever get a Miles Morales. And then maybe, you know, maybe we see something there. But we have no idea what how interesting the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be in 10 years' time, which is when they'd probably get to that sort of level. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you reckon that they got Donald Glover in and were like, look, you have 10 minutes in this film, but we have something for you? I loved his scene so much. The fact that he was so concerned it's, it's about great. his ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ice cream is my... I laughed at that 
much louder the second time. Like the second time I saw the movie, and it's like, it's like, yeah. So uh, they all dissolved about two hours. No, oh, man, c- come back here and do this. I got ice cream in here, man. <laughs> I, I see. I can't wait to see this movie again. I'm going to take my mom because I have a feeling I'll probably be laughing at that before it happens. <laughs> it's just um, how concerned you so say. It's just like, oh, ice cream in here. Like, oh, two hours. Mm. <laughs> and Spidey's response as well of like, well, you are a criminal, so yeah, you're a criminal. <laughs> Yeah. He just says it over and over again. He's like, okay, goodbye, Mr. Criminal. You're a criminal. See you later. You're a criminal. Like, oh, that whole because, scene. You've got to get better at this part of the job. Like, that whole interrogation scene is brilliant because he's, it's like, the thing I really liked about this film is that it doesn't, has, it doesn't shy away from reminding you occasionally that he's actually a 15 year old kid and he's not like yeah. a fucking badass superhero, yeah. you know. Like, well, he doesn't know voice. how to intimidate people. I don't know what a girl's voice, a little girl's voice sounds like. <laughs> but I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. I mean, I mean a, a man. man. <laughs> a Spider-Man. Oh, he's so, and he's trying to, like, pose intimidatingly on the car, and he just doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. That's when there you are, like, a Deadpool. four or five times in that movie where he tries to pose nonchalantly, and <laughs> each time is really funny. Like, every single one. Yeah, when the one like in the bank as well. And then uncrosses his arms and like leans on the wall and then starts like, oh, it was a oh, true classic Spider-Man material right there. I loved it so like, much. Just a geeky, like completely awkward nerd who happens to be super strong and super, like super fast and what have you. Mm-hmm. So we flitted around time-wise a little bit. Little uh, bit. The montage is incredible. Uh, when they they play the Ramones and they're doing the montage of Spider Man like doing spidery <laughs> stuff around Brooklyn, I'm like, <laughs> I, I love this the scene. Like, hey, you're the Spider Guy from YouTube. It's like it's Spider Man. It's like okay, Spider Man, do, do a flip. flip. <laughs> no, he does. He does a flip, and the guy in the street's like, yeah. <laughs> That that had me creasing. I love that. I, I honestly like I was I was doing what you said you were gonna do. I was pre laughing for like every joke. Like <laughs> all of my favourite favourite jokes, I was pre laughing and then looking at Fiona like, Are you laughing? Is this funny to you? <laughs> do we need a, a divorce before we're even married? <laughs> Should I put in the prenup? You have to laugh when I want you to. Um, I am um, the, the humour was one of the the big things I really liked about this because I think there's, I think the Amazing Spider-Man movies were slightly better at this than the Raimi ones of getting Spidey yeah. comedy down, but they did have really stupid moments in those. Like there's one bit, and yeah. it I always laugh at it, but it's actually shit and terrible when he likes in Amazing Spider-Man where he sort of. I can't even remember what movie he's doing, but essentially he sticks his crotch in a guy's face and just shouts crotch. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. Yeah. I and I was like, no, you've got something better in the canon than just the word crotch. You can do better than this. Honestly, so that is exactly my sense of humour. <laughs> and if I watched that again right now, I would be in full-on stitches. <laughs> like, that just yeah, but... sounds like a Deadpool joke. It does, doesn't it? Don't you think you're in stitches for the wrong kind of reason, though? Like, you feel like... I know Spider-Man's jokes are never, like, 100% on the mark, because he's always a little bit... Like you say, he's a bit awkward, and his uh, his quips are often just whatever pops into his head. But I feel like he can do better than just bellowing crotch at a guy. (laughs) (laughs) I really like the idea of Spider-Man 
just telling dad jokes. <laughs> like, really bad dad jokes. Mm. Like, I hope they get to that in that Spider-Man Renew Your Vows comic where he's got a kid. Like, when it's just all dad puns. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that was a close shave when he beats a guy up outside the barbershop. <laughs> oh, I would absolutely legitimately love that. <laughs> yeah, I like... So the the scene where he's the the montage where he's like just doing generic Spider Man stuff, where he stops that guy stealing the bike and then realizes he doesn't know whose bike it is. <laughs> so he's running around with a bike, going, "Hey, is this your bike? Is this your bike?" And like, he does steal it, it though. Like, classic, yeah, classic New York. No, nobody's like, "Oh my god, it's a weirdo." They're like, eh, "Spider Man." Yeah, we get it. I think we my favourite by aliens eight years ago. We're fine. <laughs> my favourite part of that scene was the Stanley cameo part where he he tries to stop someone from stealing a car. And it turns out it's actually his car that he's trying to get back into because he hasn't got the keys. And then everybody just from all the, the rooms just starts shouting at him like, yeah. "What are you doing? Stop making so much noise!" Oh, hello, Brenda. Oh, man, like... That's not your car. <laughs> and then the that guy leads out the window and goes, "Hey, man, I work nights, you know." <laughs> and like Peter's like, "Oh." Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's so Spider-Man, though, isn't it? it oh. is. And then, like, so obviously we've talked about how great the bodega bit is. Yes. Um, oh. And it's it's really good because they, like, when they established it earlier on, it wasn't like a throwaway thing. Like, you saw that the character had a relationship with the bodega owner. And, like, they established that relationship really well. And then, like, when he comes back, it doesn't feel forced, which is yeah. great. But when they show it on the news later... And this is, like, I know I've said a lot of things in my favourite bit, but my favourite joke in the entire movie, like, literally, bar none, best joke, is when they sh- they talk about Spider-Man, and like, he was sort of by Queen's own superhero, Spider-Man, and the picture they have of him, like, the file photo, is him with toilet paper stuck to his foot, coming out of a port or two, wallet, and it's like, that, that oh. right there, somebody... Somebody in that room who wrote that script and put that line in, or whoever worked on that, knows Spider-Man. They know him inside out, mm. and they know exactly how like terrible everything around Spider-Man is in this incredible way. Well, the, yeah, like, this is the thing. I think this is the first movie to sort of, like, they don't explicitly say it, but they sort of touch on his, like, Parker look thing, because there's, like, a whole... Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in the comics about him being like one of the unluckiest dudes ever because like everything happens to him always. Um, yeah. and, like this is so the first Peter movie Parker that. Who's probably a fucking vulture's daughter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, that bit when um, I know we're skipping ahead again, but when he when he goes to take Liz to the dance and like Michael Keaton opens yeah. the door and he's just like, what? Oh. It's the bit when he hands her the corsage. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like he's just totally gone on impress. He's like, I do not care about impressing Liz now. How do I not die? How do, how do I get out of this and not be dead? <laughs> cast, cast your mind back to the prom photo that they take and the awkwardest Chandler smile I have ever seen in a movie. It's so good. And he's it's literally, so good. he's Chandler smiling and he's looking completely in the opposite direction at the vulture <laughs> the whole time. Who spends that whole scene sharpening a kitchen knife? <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. What I loved about that as oh. well was is that they, um, like, the vulture's not stupid. Because, like, yep. 
the, the, the bit in the I'm car where he only needs, yeah he only needs a teeny bit of information like oh like why, why did you disappear on us when we were all stuck in that lift in the monument eh? and he's like oh shit <laughs> like just immediately but i was like thank god because that it does bug me sometimes especially in like superman related stuff when people don't tweak this i'm like god, how dense must you all be like a lot of you are journalists hanging around superman you should be spotting this kind of shit I feel so, like, like they did quite well in the news in Batman versus Superman by him not having a secret identity until mm. after he was Superman. I thought yeah. that was quite a clever idea. Yeah, that made completely off that topic there. It ma- it made slightly more sense, but the glasses made even less sense then though because everybody knows Superman's face. So, yeah. So it's just like oh, I should pop on these specs. No one will know. Hello, Lois, amazing investigative journalist. I feel like no one has ever done that better than Christopher Reeve, who yeah. genuinely looked different to Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah, he was. And no one's really got that right. I mean, like, Henry Cavill does, like, he gets, like, curly hair, and, like, he does look different, but you'd still, like, if you saw them up close, both of them, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the same person in a weird outfit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a good job, but not good enough. But, yeah. Anyway. Spider-Man movies are good. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of disguises and stuff, though, that was one thing I liked about this is that he very he didn't take his mask off anywhere near as much as other movies, and when he did, he was in a very yep. safe spot, like um, or it was a very understandable situation, like the bit with the rubble yep. when he was like having a panic attack. I imagine a mask's going to be a really bad time when you're having a panic attack because yep. panic attacks are shit. What? The thing about it is, and this is why the expressive eye lenses are the thing, is because in the other movies, they didn't trust that you could see that he was having emotions because you couldn't see his face. Mm-hmm. But in this, they can move the eyes and they can make them widen and shut. And that, like, even though there was a, the excuse was, oh, they're lenses that help me, like, focus better, like, it allowed them to put emoting in real life on a Spider-Man mask. Mm-hmm. So it was basically like that's I think that's one of the reasons why this movie like you can see how much they get it. Yeah. One of my favorite bits was when he's sitting on the fire escape eating uh, his uh, squashed down salmon Hello. from the bodega because he does that thing that he always does in the comics but he never does in any of the other movies except when he snogs across yep. the face of rolling his mask up just to his schnoz. Yep. That's so good because I was like he could they could have easily had him sitting there without his mask on but like anyone could have looked out a window and been like shit <laughs> so so like having him there with his mask like mostly on while he scoffs this salmon i'm so glad i'm not the only person in the world who finds like bread to be too big of a thing <laughs> you know when he asks it to be smushed down real flat i was like that i asked for that once at subway so and they really judged me costume. about it you know that right <laughs> so that he could put it in the costume he loves bread donald glover loves bread <laughs> most people love bread except I love that I love that conversation where he's like oh it's like Delmar's yeah best sandwiches in Queens and Donald Glover's like hmm I prefer sub hurt it's like it's like what I give you two it's like oh it's too much bread it's like I like bread <laughs> like such a great conversation like the two oh. Queens natives just having a chat Queens plays like a really big part in this movie and I love that about it because it fit like you were saying yep. earlier it feels like the first movie that's like really properly grounded in a place yeah and a place that means something to the character, like, properly. So, I feel... um, oh, sorry, go on. I, I don't know if you saw this, but Ian Levenstein of the Comic Timing podcast, who mm-hmm. I am friends with on Facebook, uh, said, and he lives in New York City, 
it was like, this is the only time that New York's been represented correctly. Mm -hmm. Like, above ground trains in Manhattan don't happen. And like, he was listing off all these things that were stupid in the other movies. And he's like, yep, it's all right. Everything's perfect. They just got it. (laughs) Yeah. I see. I don't have any knowledge of like, well, I've never been to America at all, so I've got no clue. But it did, it felt a lot more neighborhood, friendly neighborhood Spider Man y. I love, um, I love the scene that they like. I feel like they kind of have a subtle dig at the other movies in the scene in the montage where he lands in front of the American flag and it's like whipping in the background. And then <laughs> that's the scene where the guy goes, Yay, Spider Man, do a flip. <laughs> I still just... love that he just does it. It's so yeah, sweet. Because just, he just wants everybody to be happy. It's such a sweet little thing. Yeah. He just Aww. loves being Spider Man. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things you get from Marvel, I think, that you don't get from a lot of other movies, is that all of those characters love being superheroes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not one single per- Like, Captain America's not like, I don't want to be Captain America. He loves it. Like, the Hulk doesn't want to be the Hulk particularly, but he's not even that down on it. <laughs> like, yeah, no, like, uh, so we, chronologically, we're completely out of order now. Uh, we've talked about Donald Glover's interrogation scene and how great that is. Yeah. Oh, the scene in the warehouse when uh, he starts starts talking to the suit and he names it Karen. Oh, that's so sweet. Did you see? Do you see who the voice actress for the suit is? I want to say Jennifer Connelly, but I could be lying. You are correct. It's Jennifer oh, Connelly. Getting me and my knowledge of stuff I read earlier I, today. <clears throat> I just assumed that it was the Cylon woman from Battlestar Galactica. Because it sounded exactly like her, and mm. she does the voice of every computer. <laughs> All robots. She does. Like she does like three different computer voices in in Mass Effect. It's like, oh come on, guys. <laughs> we know. I uh, I didn't know how I felt about Karen at first because I was like, it's the, it's a bit too Iron Man having yeah. a suit that was telling him everything and sorting his life out. But that whole scene where he seems to spend ages like. <laughs> learning stuff and talking to her and yeah. then he's like how long have we been here she's like 37 minutes he's like oh what no yeah perfect <laughs> perfect teenage moment captured right there yeah. <laughs> oh i feel like we haven't talked about michael keaton enough and how wonderful he is because uh i almost yeah. met my mom in the face when we went to see wonder woman recently because there was a trailer for spidey before it and after we left the cinema she was like oh how do you feel about that new Spider-Man? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty excited, you know. Do love me some Spidey. And she was like, yeah, hate Michael Keaton, though. And I was like, ugh, can what? you divorce your parents? Has <laughs> she not seen Birdman? Well, I think, no, she hasn't. I think the only thing she's seen him in is Beetlejuice, and she just doesn't like it. And I'm like, that's not how you judge a man. <laughs> you don't see yeah. one of his movies and go, I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, you've got to at least see multiplicity first. Like, come on, guys. So um, I'm gonna ha- like when I take her to see this, I'm gonna be like, right, get- reevaluate your whole opinion on Michael Keaton now, otherwise I'm no longer related to you anymore. <laughs> and he was absolutely moment. great. Like, oh, he was so he, fantastic. He was the perfect first villain for a Spider-Man to fight. Yes. Like, what what I liked about him is that person with problems and like exactly what Spider-Man comics do to their villains, which mm-hmm. is make them relatable and real. Yeah. I think the thing that I thought was great about him was that he had the right level of menace without becoming, like, a caricature. Because, like, 
as much as I love this scene in the Batman movie, but you know the anybody want to get nuts scene in uh, <laughs> yeah. in Keaton's Batman. Like I was marginally concerned that he like he was going to go down that sort of like crazy, you know, Joker esque, yeah. Mad Green Goblin esque route of being like a lunatic with wings. But he he ha- I think he had just the right amount of like I will straight up fucking kill you, but without becoming yeah. like a massive silly cartoonish monster uh the bit with the um where he sort of lures peter into that car parky thing and then basically drops it on his head uh, i was yeah. like damn <laughs> like because he just he was not even slightly phased at all by the idea of killing a kid <laughs> like, yeah. not even a bit despite the fact that he seems to put family like really high on his list of priorities fuck anyone yeah. else's though he's like i don't care whose kid this is i'll fucking squash you mess with my plans <laughs> so like for me I spent, like, the whole movie, like, I always thought, yeah, he's very believable as a character, like, oh, yeah, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, whatever. But, like, when he kills the Shocker, it's by accident. (laughs) And, like, I don't think that he's actually out to kill anyone. He just wants to, like, get money, steal shit, and have a great life. Mm -hmm. And, like, he knows he has to act like a gangster to be an arms dealer. And I think that he's kind of playing the role a little. You can see he's, like, he's a nice guy throughout the whole film. like. He doesn't kill Peter when he finds out he's Spider-Man. He lets him go. He doesn't, like, doesn't give his secret identity away to the Scorpion in the end credit sequence. Like, Mm -hmm. he's a nice guy who's in with a shitty crowd, making, doing a shitty job, but making the best of it. And I think that's, you can, like, I was looking for so much more of it in the second time. I was looking for Keaton and seeing what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he was excellent. Like, top Marvel villain. Yeah. His, uh, his wingy suit was great too. It was great. It was very believably Vulture. Yeah. I seem to remember like the age-old conceit of the Vulture was that the wings were just for show and it was all magnets that he was using to fly. <laughs> uh, that cool. was why he couldn't go above the buildings and Spider-Man could always fight him. But I think that's probably been retconned at some point. I hope yeah, nobody that... who knows more about comics than me listens to this episode. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I'm sure people will correct us after the fact, but I know even less about comics, so <laughs> I'm going to let that just and hang there. Have a corrections section. Yeah, no, I just leave the, I just leave all the errors just hanging there. I don't care. I want to talk about that rubbly bit, like when he drops a fucking car park on Peter Parker's head, because I actually did a little cry. I need to stop crying in the oh. cinema, Sam. It happens all the fucking time now. Okay, to be fair to me, just setting the scene. I had like I was super hormonal that day, <laughs> so, so that and it, and it was unexpected hormonalness because I was early, so I wasn't happy anyway. But the bit where he starts like super panicking and he doesn't think he's gonna get out of that pile of rubble, yeah. like d- Tom Holland in that bit was so fucking believable that I just wanted to like run up to the screen and scoop him up and kiss the top of his head and tell him he was gonna be okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, he's only fifteen. Oh, it's really sad. And then he does the excellent bit where he powers through it. I was just like, oh, yeah. he's so he's so cool. <laughs> uh, I really liked that, even though he has a normal manly man's voice, the whole film he puts on a very squeaky Peter Parker voice. Like in a lot of the scenes, he's like, "Hey, oh no!" Like <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, both times I was the first time I watched that. Obviously, I knew he was going to get out of it in both times, but the first time it was a little more fresh and new. And I was like, mm-hmm. I I think I put my hand to my mouth like. <gasps> Like a little gasp, um, yeah. and uh, Fiona like 
like, grabbed my forearm, like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, the way... I mean, I know I was whinging about Civil War, about the fact that there were no real stakes because nothing really happened to anybody in the movie except, you know, people just aren't really friends anymore. But, like, you don't really know where they're going with this Marvel Universe and it's getting so big now that somebody could die, like, somebody important really could die. <laughs> I'm kind of waiting for that now and it puts me on edge in every movie. Because <laughs> I'm just well, like, what if this I mean, is the one where he doesn't get out? <laughs> I mean... I don't want to be that guy, but Captain America is going to die in the next Captain Avengers movie. It's going to happen. Mm. And then, yeah, I think Captain America is going to die. I think we're going to see Thor become unworthy and not be able to lift a hammer. I think that you're going to see a lot of story elements lifted from Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run. I did um, not read that. <laughs> oh, it's uh, very long and complicated. But Yeah, that's why I didn't read it. And read it all, it's very good. See, the, the problem is is that I have a shocking, shocking memory, and so I mm. find long and complicated comics really hard to follow unless I read them in trade, like in one go, like in a day. So I have not read it yet. You should read Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four, which is his best work. I don't like the Fantastic I... Four. I think they're well boring. <laughs> I don't oh, like any of them. <laughs> Who says? Uh, uh, Jonathan Hickman, creator of the best <laughs> Fantastic Four run ever. Um, oh, I'm not even enough. kidding. In this this run starts off with Reed Richards. Uh, it's after the first Civil War, and Reed Richards is like, "Yeah, I'm going to go into my dark white dark room, and I'm just going to think up like a thousand things that are going to save, help save and help the universe." And so he does like he writes all these things on the wall, and then he writes like the last one. He just writes solve everything, and just like is like walks out. This is just super badass. And then he, like, builds a bridge, like a dimensional bridge to other dimensions, and he finds, a, like, a pocket dimension that's sending him a signal, and he goes there, and it's a pocket dimension where everyone who lives there is Reed Richards from an alternate universe, and they call themselves the Council of Reeds. And I'm not kidding you, when I saw Rick and Morty and it's the Council of Ricks, I was like, <laughs> they just ripped this off whole cloth. Like, it's literally, like, it was like seven years earlier. Like, there's no way. That, like, that doesn't seem like an independent thought. But anyway, so yeah, basically, Reed Richards is Rick from Rick and Morty, but less drinky and sweary. It's great. <laughs> See, the drinky and sweary parts are the parts I like the most about Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to read yeah, a boring. I mean, we're on a very very serious tangent here. Like we've gone real left field. Do you want to but... steer it? Do you want to steer it back? I mean, I've pretty much said everything I wanted to say about the movie, except the fact yeah. that I did really like the fact that they kept Spider-Man's morals in there. Like he's not above yeah. helping a little old lady across the road, or giving people directions, yeah. or rescuing a guy who yeah. literally just tried to murder him in the face <laughs> from yeah. flames, which is great. I love Spider. Also, Sam. left notes. Left. Notes. He left adorable notes. Multiple times. Webbed people up and left notes. I love that he webs people. Yep. Don't see that enough in Spidey yep. movies either. <laughs> so good. It's just great. The the movie so was fantastic. Good. I I don't think I will see it a third time. Uh, mm. but that's purely because I want to see Baby Driver a second time. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> yeah, and then also Planet of the Apes, which comes out like tomorrow. See, I've got so... no, I've got no, like, I, I can't watch those movies because the apes freak me out. They're just, like, they're just, oh. <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid. The second but one's they're... really good. 
the thing is, I can't watch them because the apes are like realistic enough, but just like just stop a bit too short. And the talking, I can't, I can't get behind the talking. It really stresses me out. And then uh, I saw the trailer for this new one, and I was like, I'm not having apes on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> just not having it. So, uh, mother flipping apes off this mother flipping horse. Yeah, I can't deal with that even a, a tiny bit. Even though I know that like humans are on horses and we're just like you know apes plus one. But yeah, no, I'm not having that. But I'm not having space apes together strong. Yeah, well, I'm sure they are. Do you know what I forgot to mention about this film that I really liked in terms of um. Yep. We were talking about peripheral characters like way back when we first started talking. The yep. guy whose name I can't remember in the movie, which is really annoying me, but he played like the uh, nerdy teacher who was helping them with their quizzy quiz thing. And um, oh, Hannibal Buress. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Martin Starr. He doesn't have a character name. They never name his character. But ah. Martin Starr and Hannibal Buress were both incredibly funny. Fucking brilliant. Uh, I love Martin Starr because he either always plays a teacher or an absolute shithead. <laughs> the second best joke in the movie, I'm ranking them, second best <laughs> is the interview with Martin Starr where he's like, yeah, just so glad everybody you know, got out of their safe. You know, who wants to lose a kid on a field trip? Not another one. Like, <laughs> the, the deadpan, the way he says that to the camera. And, oh my God, we haven't even talked about how purposefully terrible the campus TV show was. Oh, I love that. I love Betty Brant in it. She's wonderful. Yeah. Betty, do you so have shit. a date for homecoming? <laughs> yes, Jason, I have going with somebody. And then they just linger on them for like 10 seconds. <laughs> and also, did you notice that the campus TV show only uses Comic Sans? Yes. Yeah. The only font they use is Comic Sans. I was ranting about Comic Sans on the last episode of Podcast in a Half Shell because I hate it so much. And Duncan was arguing that it is like a school person's font, so I can't really can't really argue with that logic, can I? We uh we didn't talk about so, the um the mon the monument scene either, which is uh something that I thought yeah. was great because I love the idea of Spider Man being too high for his own liking. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Oh no, I'm really high up, I'm really high up. I was like, Yeah, I would shit a because... One of the uh, questions that somebody from our lovely audience, um, Pete from Smorgasbord Pod, asked, was asking earlier, which of Spidey's abilities would you most like to have and why? And I thought about like the, the you know the wall crawly abilities, and I was thinking absolutely not because I would get probably about as high as my own roof and be like, oh, I'm too high. <laughs> it's not. I'm not having it. So a lot of his abilities are very important and very good and great. You can go through them in order of how good they are. But I think that his best superpower, and obviously we're treating uh, the Justice League movie as canon, his best superpower is in the current comic books. He's rich. <laughs> That's not a superpower. Because I was talking to Rich about this, because I don't think I want any of Spidey's powers, because I am nowhere near responsible or brave enough to have the strength to be a superhero. Don't want to climb anywhere. Spiders scare me and webbing upsets me, so that's not a thing I want any part of either. Um, which really only leaves like spidey sense, which is useless if you don't have the other powers, because you'll just be like, oh no, I'm in danger, and now I'm dead. Whereas I was like, hmm, what about his massive intellect? But that doesn't count, because he had that before. It's not a superpower, spidey he's just really smart. Is, uh, spidey sense is great, because it's not just for danger, it's for like everything. He uses it subconsciously to web sling. So like, 
the reason why he doesn't miss when he shoots webs when he's like swinging around the city at a hundred miles an hour is because of spider sense. Like it's just in the back. It's like passive in the back of his brain. Like he'll never pick the wrong hole for whack a mole. Like <laughs> spider sense is a pretty good power. No, it is, but only if you've got the other powers that go with it. Surely, because like. I was arguing with Rich no, that I... Like, you'll always know if you can make the turning when you're driving in the car. Like, you'll no, always know if you can beat the light. See, for things like that, it would be useful. But I think, like, if you're in any genuine danger... Like, the reason I would want it is because I am a very naturally paranoid person. So whenever I'm on my own, yeah. particularly when I'm travelling places on my own, I get super nervous because I'm constantly just thinking I'm yeah. either going to be part of an accident or somebody's going to murder me for some reason. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why um, I feel like I'd attract these people's attention, but there we are. So I feel like having Spidey Sense in that sense would be really helpful because I could actually <laughs> I could actually chill out and be like relaxed and I would know exactly when I was actually in any danger. But then if I was legitimately in like somebody's going to murder me danger, knowing about it a few seconds beforehand would not help me because I would just get murdered. <laughs> like I haven't got the reflexes or the strength and stuff to like stop someone from murdering me. <laughs> yeah, I think having any one of Spider-Man's powers without the others is kind of lame. Like, superhuman strength I can see being useful, and superhuman speed I can see being useful, but the speed kind of comes from the strength. Yeah. And, like, web like web swinging obviously isn't a power, and crawling walls without super strength would probably be really hard, because <laughs> gravity's <laughs> like, yeah, bro, we don't, we don't want this. Don't do this. I'm like, I can't do a pull-up. I can't pull my entire body onto the ceiling of a room. Like, that's not happening. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't even do, like, one sit-up, so I do not have the upper body or the core strength to do any of that beers, like, at all. Yeah, I just, like, sit around and watch Stephen Amell workout videos on YouTube and go, yeah, that's impressive, I can't do that. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for your answer. Uh, you answer your question, smorgasbord pod person whose name I've forgotten and I'm sorry but I've had three bids. How can um, you forget the name Peter? <laughs> well, you know, I've said it a lot. <laughs> you was it. Just edit one out from earlier in the episode and edit it in here. I'll tell you I'll look, I'll count you back in from the editing. So it's no, a three I'm not Sam, two, I'm not gonna do this. It's one, not gonna happen. I'm not gonna do it. Three, <laughs> two, one me? Peter from Smorgas Board Pod. Uh thanks so much for your question. We really appreciate it. And I believe we had one more question from a, a Richard, a gentleman, uh, not familiar, not familiar <laughs> with this gentleman. Yeah, I think that he said, which villain do you want in movie number two? And I actually have two answers, because I'm the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on, show so, me your tit. <laughs> uh, a, Scorpion, because you've got to follow up on that end credits teaser. Of course, yeah. But, you know, Scorpion is, is put together by Alistair Smythe, so... I kind of want Alistair Smythe in there. But, real talk, Donald Glover as the Prowler, which is the character that What's-His-Face's uncle was in the Ultimate Universe. Mm -hmm. do miss... I would miss having Hobie Brown, but only because Hobie Brown's a really funny name to say. <laughs> like, what's Hobie I... short for? Hoberon? Is it, Hober? is it short for anything? <laughs> I don't know. I would is really that, like oh, to see Kingpin. Because I can't yeah, love Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, Vincent, whatever is like Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be wonderful. And but I, d I kind of don't want him to be like just the next thing. I kind of want that to be like teased at the end of the second movie, if that makes sense. So yeah. that 
yeah, I think maybe follow up with, like you say, with Scorpion and then somehow get to Kingpin. I don't know, but I don't have to know because I'm not writing the movie, so it's fine. Because if I did, it'd be really shit. <laughs> you know what I would like to see? And this is a big, big deal. The Trial of Spider-Man arc from the 90s TV show where Spider-Man tries to break in and, like, sabotage something at the Kingpin's headquarters and they lift Peter Parker's fingerprints from it and the Kingpin just sues him for industrial espionage and Daredevil is his lawyer. <laughs> like, that's, that's a movie. Like, Spider-Man and Daredevil versus the Kingpin. Like, I'll watch the shit out of that. Me too. And like you get the cool courtroom drama stuff. I want more lawyer daredevil. I need more lawyer daredevil in my life. Fuck off Electra. Don't care about her. Let's get some more lawyering all up in the house. One of my big joys from seeing Spider-Man in the cinema the second time was that the second time they played the trailer for the Defenders up front. And oh yeah. I mean, you know how you know how, you know, a hype out of control hype I am for <laughs> all the Marvel Netflix stuff. Mm-hmm. And Daredevil in particular. And just Every single time, and I've watched this trailer at least 30 times, like I'm not even joking there, <laughs> every single time Jessica Jones makes the crack to Daredevil about looking stupid in the scarf, cracks me up. Every single time. Oh yeah, you're going to slap me now, but I still haven't finished Luke Cage and I, I haven't even started Iron Fist. So, Iron Fist is much better than people said it was. It's not the best, but it's definitely very watchable. Luke Cage, I can understand why you might have fallen off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the music, which kind of pulled me further. But like, as soon as they get rid of the first villain, I go on to the second. Like the second villain's shit, and he has way more screen time than the first one. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of annoying. But I don't think you'll need to have read, what read, watched any of them to be able to enjoy Defenders. Not from what I've seen. Oh, that's good. Because I do, I do want to watch that because I love me some Jessica Jones and Daredevil like, a lot. Yeah, but they look anyway. like they have a very funny relationship as well. Yeah, we've gone on a, a huge tangent again, 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 yeah. um, <laughs> and we're uh, we're knocking on like normal episode levels of length, and that's <laughs> not not what I was aiming for. So we should probably shut up, Sam. Yeah. Where can people find you on that their internet? You can find me in lots of places. You can follow me on Twitter at sgch, which is Sierra Golf Charlie Hotel for all you military personnel out there. <laughs> that's probably the best place to find me. You can listen to my incredibly bad, like, I'm not even joking, the worst podcast you will ever listen to. This is a podcast (laughs) called Four Boys that I record with three friends whilst drunk in a pub every Wednesday. We record it in the pub on my phone. You can listen to it on the iPhone app, Bumpers. Uh, I am submitting it to iTunes, but I'm very lazy and so have not done it yet. (laughs) We actually also did a Spider-Man Homecoming review episode. Oh, and I feel you. like I should send it to stays to stack on the end. But I'm not even kidding you. The word Spider-Man is not said once, and there's a three-minute conversation about Paul Blart. So, <laughs> Paul, Blart, Blart, Blart. <laughs> Paul Blart, Blart, Blart. Paul And how it's a good name, because it sounds like fart. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, you, you should follow me on Instagram. I have a private account, but I'll, I'll accept you if you are cool. Uh, my Instagram is also at SCCH. Uh, you can also follow my cat on Instagram at Barry Allen the Cat. He's now at Barry Allen the Cat, not at Barry Allen the Kitten because he's an adult cat. The finale for How I Met Your Mother was terrible. That's it. <laughs> That's everything I needed to say. <laughs> I'm very glad you got that in there. And I do need to apologise to 
your virtual face for not having you on episode 69 like a promise. It came around a lot faster oh, than I was God, expecting. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know. It's because I wasn't it's expecting to do it until, like, November or something. Uh, but then I did a load of special episodes because I'm a div. So I'm sorry, Sam, that we didn't get a yeah. sexy, sexy joke in there. The worst part is, all I was going to say was, nice, every time you said 69. That was it. That was my joke. That I would have only said it once. Yeah. You're, you're such a said, div. Nice. Really want, want, and everybody who loves South Park would have been like, yeah, we get it. Great. You're such a spanner. <laughs> On that note. My Logan um, Blu-ray arrived today, and I recorded this oh, podcast instead of watching Logan. So I well hope done. that you all appreciate it. I appreciate it. I did have it. a fantastic time, though. Good, good. Um, hey, guys, you can find me at Stacey's Parlour on Twitter, uh, in the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group, on Gmail, Stacey's Parlour, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Do an iTunes review and stuff and things, and that'll do. I'm tired now and it's really hot again. I'm going to put the fan on. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone has any cool Spider-Man questions, or any questions of any kind, just put them on the Stacey's Parlour group, where Stacey and I will both answer them, because we're awesome. I mean, I'll commit to doing it and then just force you into doing it. I was going to say, you'll probably be better at it than me and make me all paranoid again, but... <laughs> and come and have drinks with us at the Ace Birmingham Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Do that. It's like September sometime. Is it the 9th? I don't I... know. <laughs> I feel like it's the 29th. I don't think it's the 29th. Quite far from the 9th. No, I think it's like the second week of September. Hey, we can discuss that off air. Goodbye, lovely listeners. Bye, listeners. <laughs> that was really aggressive. <laughs>